groundwater management district's first public meeting regarding a water conservation plan. Like we are being live streamed, and that's how we're going to record the public meeting. You guys should probably use the mic if you can too. There you go. Uh, my name is Barbara Moult. I'm going to address the board and introduce himself so you guys know who everyone is. Um, Mark Hillman. Matt Hilty. Stephen Warning. Jim Butler. Dennis Correo. And my name is Kevin Penny. I'm not a director um, of the Plains Ground Water Management District, but I do represent them on the Republican River Water Conservation District. So we're going to open today with Dennis talking about a little bit of uh, water history in the Republican River Basin in the Plains District. And then Kevin will talk about the compact compliance uh, with the three states, Kansas, Colorado, and Nebraska, and the looming deadline. And Stephen and I will present the water conservation plan that the board has not going to present. Tim will then talk about retirement programs that are offered through NRCS and RRWCD. Uh, we'll then take a little break come back and have a question and answer. We would ask that you please refrain from questions until then, but we do hope you participate then. Um, if you have any conservation ideas, please bring them up then. There's also a little uh, handout in the packet if you guys would fill it up. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, I don't think this will last three hours, but uh, we wanted to give you guys plenty of time to respond if you wanted to. I'm going to get over here out of the way and uh, make that my try. Okay, so uh, guys, I drew the short end of the straw and get the start. So, um, what we're going to be talking about today is uh, dealing with change. And I know if you're like me, none of us like change. And, and, and the truth is, uh, you know, change is defined as uh, making, to make someone or something different, alter or modify, and we're talking water. So we're talking about changes that might be coming. Uh, the truth is, I, I, as I said, I don't like change, but I can accept change if I'm going to benefit from it. I want to make that very clear. Uh, it, it's, it's only when I see a benefit that I'm going to make a change. So I want to tell you a little, little story. Most all of you guys have experienced this over your lifetime. I remember as a young man uh, <laughs> driving a tractor uh, in the 60s, 70s, uh, trying to drive a straight road. I always liked to drive a straight road. And it just bugged me when I got to the end of the field, made a pass, and it was crooked as heck. I'd turn around, come back, and make some corrections. I'd cut off a little here, add a little there, try to make it straight. Uh, I never could quite accomplish that, even when we got markers and, ha and had markers. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's all... Uh, operator driven so uh, those corrections didn't happen nearly as much as they should so <clears throat> along 
technologies line came uh, uh, GPS. First uh, part of it was light bars. I don't know how, how many of you used light bars or not, but I hated them. Uh, it still required uh, you to actually steer the tractor, get to where you're going, uh, with making the, the least amount of error that you could. Well, shortly after that came WAS and RTK uh, guide systems, and so our rows, our, our pass through the field could look like that. Uh, the thing we didn't realize, or I didn't at the time anyway, uh, with doing uh, GPS guidance was uh, it was making changes all the time and making them so often and so accurate that it appeared as though it were just driving a straight line but uh, that, that's the basis of guidance systems is, is making corrections uh, frequently and accurately <clears throat> so uh, even though I didn't always uh, like uh, the, the fact of having to, uh, to, to do that uh, because of the expense, uh, and let's face it, there, there was some expense, there were some drawbacks to, uh, to having guidance systems, and, and that basically involved uh, paying for it. So. Uh, <clears throat> I want to tell you another little story, and this will get, if you'll bear with me, this will get to the gist of what we want to talk about. About 1983, uh, my family, four kids, and, and my wife headed out on a vacation. We ended up going across the eastern side of New Mexico. I don't know how many of you have driven across eastern New Mexico, but it's arid and uh, not a lot going on in eastern New Mexico. Um, we left Albuquerque, headed out, and the one thing I did not do, I didn't fill up with gas before I headed out. Uh, so <clears throat> we got out east of the mountains, and uh, first thing I ran across is this sign. Uh, warning, no services for the next hundred miles. Um, I knew I was in trouble because my gas tank was about, was under half. And this was in the days of gas guzzler vehicles, and mine was a gas guzzler. So uh, I had some decisions to make. I could either turn around and go back, and uh, <laughs> I said, are you kidding? I, I'm an American male, I don't go turn around and go back. So uh, I was also left then with the decision I could slow down, change my rate of consumption, uh, basically becoming a, a, almost a slow moving vehicle on the highway. And uh, the other thing I had to decide was, uh, you know, I, I was gonna do this because the fact is if I was gonna get to where I was gonna go, without uh, having to walk, I was going to have to leave a little bit in the tank. So I had to conserve the amount of gas that I had. I had to decrease the rate of consumption. 
Now, I could have uh, ended up like this guy, having to walk, uh, and luckily I didn't have to do that. Uh, but it, 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 as I look back and remember this event, it, it reminds me somewhat of where we're at, guys. Uh, we don't have a full tank. We don't have a full aquifer. We've got to get down the road, continue doing what we do. We've got to hopefully get uh, to, to a destination, so to speak. And we're going to have to make some decisions. We're going to have to find a way to decrease our rate of consumption. We're going to have to leave some in the ground. I have to leave some in the tank. Uh, in, in my case, with the, the little drive in eastern New Mexico, I didn't choose wisely. I didn't have to walk. So let's face it. Uh, we make changes in the way we do things for either of two reasons. It'll benefit us, like the example of auto steer. I mean, we embrace that even though there was a cost to it. Or we fear the consequences of our actions, like the example of running out of gas. There's some, there's some uh, negative things about change as well in there. So let's take a look, if you will, uh, at the benefits of making changes uh, in how much water we pump from the Ogallala Aquifer. Uh, first of all, it, it uh, encourages a crop rotation. Uh, now, I don't know what kind of rotation you guys use, but uh, um, having less water will encourage us to have crop rotation so that we don't always do high-use crops year after year on the same ground. Another thing it'll do is it uh, encourage us to use drought-resistant seed, um, both on irrigated and dry land. We don't want to get to this point at the end of the season and we've run out of water, especially you know in irrigated situations. We don't want to to have nothing left in the tank at the end of the season. Um, another reason we want to leave some for domestic and livestock supply. Guys, we, we've got to leave some water in the ground because uh, if, if we're going to exist as a community, we're going to have to have domestic drinking water, and we've got to have livestock water as well. And then the other, the final real positive thing, I think, about making changes to the way we use our water is to leave some in the tank for our children and grandchildren. Most of uh, you guys here in the room have someone in your family that you want to be able to ask uh, your farm onto, maybe they're already involved. Uh, 
I want to ensure that they at least have a chance to at least use irrigation as a supplement. So, uh, so we need to leave some in the tank for our children and grandchildren. The truth is, uh, we control our own destiny. We don't have to leave it to the state. And believe me, if you're paying attention after this, uh, this past election, guys, there is an effort to, uh, to have climate change and environmental conditions influence how we use our water in agriculture. The Water Conservation Board has already been approached by uh, the state uh, DNR to incorporate climate change in, into some of their uses of water in the state water plan. So, guys, we, we don't want these people making the decisions for us here in Kit Carson County as to how we're going to use our water. So, we need to be proactive and we need to make decisions for ourselves. Um, we have a limited supply of water and as most of you know it's not not renewable we're not as fortunate as the, the guys in the western slope that we uh, get our irrigation fed by lakes and reservoirs it's a limited supply so to keep moving forward and farming with irrigation we have to make some changes we have to make some corrections. We have to conserve some of our water. Um, you know, the, there, there's a, a phrase that has been used by some in the basin, the Republican basin, that there's an elephant in the room. Uh, guys, <laughs> The fact is, there is no elephant in the room. We've known about the fact that we were going to have to make some changes to how much water we use since 2004, when the final settlement stipulation happened, when the whole thing with Kansas and Nebraska. Uh, we've, we've known about that since, uh, since then. Um, if anything, guys, instead of there being an elephant in the room, I would say that there's an, uh, you're going to laugh, uh, an ostrich in the room. Because there's a lot of people, a lot of us, that have had our head buried and we've, we've yet to address the fact that we have to make some some changes to the way that we do. So we, I, and you have to get our head out of the hole in the next slide. We have to get our head out of the hole and we have to do what we need to do. Fact is, guys, 
Conservation is not the problem. We're the problem. We hate to make change. But we can make change if we look at the benefits and we limit the amount of uh, negative that goes along with making change and, and uh, changing the amount of water that we use. We don't like change, but we can accept change if we see the benefit. So, uh, in, in closing, uh, for my part, guys, I would just say let's get our head out of the hole. Let's make some changes that will benefit the water users of Kit Carson County. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Kevin Penny, who's going to talk a little bit about uh, the state and uh, RWCD. Thank you, Dennis. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I represent the Plains Groundwater District on the Republican River Water Conservation District Board. Historically, as you probably remember, the RRWCD it was uh, created by our state legislature in 2004 to assist in the, the state of Colorado in complying with the Republican River Compact. Uh, from this district, the Compact Compliance Pipeline was constructed, and which began pumping in 2014. Uh, in August of 2016, the state of Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, they agreed to a resolution giving 100% credit for the deliveries from the Colorado Compact Compliance Pipeline to apply against Colorado's obligation under the Compact. In exchange now for the agreement to those credits, the state of Kansas required that Colorado agree to retire up to 25,000 acres along the South Fork, commonly known as the South Fork Focus Zone. And this uh, it was ex since then has been expanded by two years to 2029. As we think about compliance and, and what has happened, of course, the, uh, the compact compliance pipeline, it has really been carrying the load for this, uh, for, for this district uh, as it's been pumping around 10,000 acre foot per year um, for, our, for our compliance. But when we look at the other part of this, as far as the South focus zone we have only retired around 25 to 2600 acres of that 25,000 needed um, by the end of that time 2029 however it does allow in that resolution that Colorado may submit to the other states uh, approval to reduce consumption by other means uh, in lieu of not retiring those acres. My concern for this compliance is we will not retire those 25,000 acres. Uh, at least right now, we're, we're a long ways from it and, 
and I think there there's going to be extra effort, hopefully, to uh, to make some additional retirements in that area. But I don't know. It, the truth is, it it may not happen, and and, and if it doesn't, um, the resolution, at least on the surface, speaks that if we're that if we're conserving in other areas, that that can count toward that. And so I think this is this is one area that we really need to look at because it concerns me that if we haven't done anything at that point and then the state of Kansas just goes, well, Colorado, what are you going to do? Then we may lose control over what happens. And, and that's a real concern of mine that ultimately we may not, um, you know, as far as being able to, to pump in the future, it may not be just a little bit of conservation. We could possibly be stopped. And so I, uh, I don't know about you, but, but the state capitol scares the hell out of me on things that I see these days. And so I'm going, maybe we better be doing something on our own. We've talked about conservation. I mean, I think about in my career of irrigating, this subject, we've talked about it many times. I've been in the same room as, as many of you that we that we've talked about it and 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 uh, the, the truth is I I've never wanted to do it um, and, and maybe being transparent I still don't really want to do it but to me it's like now is the time now is the time that if we're going to uh, control our own destiny that, that we better be doing something and uh, you know I, I even get thinking that uh, you know what I am I just going to leave my son without that and, and as far as the livestock a couple of years ago we was having a problem with a well at the feedlot <clears throat> I called Wayne Parrish to, to see if he'd come out and, and help us out. And Wayne's first question for me was, well, are you out of water? And, and that was kind of a shocker to me. And, uh, and I said, no, I, I don't think, I think we have a well problem. We're not out of water. But I haven't forgot about that. And I, I hope I will keep that in mind as, as we work through this process and, and uh, you know, I want us to have a, a strong economic engine out here, and, but how do, how do we do that, and, and what do we need to do? And so uh, with that, uh, I, I think we better look strong and hard at, at what kind of a conservation plan will work for all of us. So is this pretty well in stone? No, it is draft everywhere. Uh, that's why we have that you guys all come on input. So we can just make our own changes? <laughs> no. We're going to try and find something that everybody will agree upon. He probably won't listen to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, I did ask for an advisory council and would still appreciate one. Um, 
might get, be the closest thing we get to win. So, can you guys didn't play here tonight. We'll dictate where we're heading. This is the direction we're heading unless we get different from you guys. I got one phone call on the advisory committee. Is there a set goal of reduction that you guys are after? Like four or five, ten percent? Nope. So from your plan, it looks like you're figuring about a four percent reduction. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the, it wasn't what we set out for. Um, we just kind of put the numbers forward, and that's where it, it came out. Now, is this connected to uh, historic use on your water? Somebody's conservative. The only place it's going to come down to historic use right, guys, is on the protection of the individual structure. We're trying not to hit the big wells too hard that are in a smaller township allocation. But no, we didn't want guys going out and pumping galore. And that's also why we will continue to use back data so that we don't get protection of acreage. Comment, comment that I can make. It's Ron, right? Ron, Grant, one of the things that I like about this compared to, let's say, we were kicking around the idea of just a flat, okay, let's, let's just reduce pumping by 20%. The problem with that is, to your point, if you've been conserving water for the last 10 years, and then we lay another layer of 20% on top of you, it's not really fair to the guy that's been trying to conserve water in the past. This is pretty much non-prejudicial prejudicial because it, it, it doesn't care. It's all based on the amount of saturated thickness you have left. It's the best best thing that, of everything that we've looked at. It seems to us to be the fairest. How did you determine the focus zone can that be changed? Uh, we did not determine the focus zone. That's the RRWCD. We didn't, we didn't determine it, John. Um, the, the focus zone was kind of going to the RWCD by Kansas. And, and their goal, let me, let me try to back up and explain that whole thing just a little bit in more detail. The South Fork focus zone agreement between the three states in which Colorado, after consultation with the RWCD, agreed to go along with it. The reason we went for it is the fact that in the South Fork, we're out of compliance. Okay? And we don't really have a method to get that tributary in compliance. The pipeline takes care of the overall basin-wide out of compliance number and in compliance on the North Fork and the River. This was an attempt by the three states to <coughs> Kind of give maybe Colorado some relief because for the first time they did not want live water crossing a gauging station clear up in Bankman, Colorado, or Bankman, Nebraska. So, okay, 40 miles upstream from Bonnie. What Kansas proposed was okay, we're going to carve out and agree to this area. You retired 25,000 acres, and in our mind, meaning Kansas, we're good with it. We think stream flow will come back. We think we'll benefit from it. 
in the conversation. So to the basin, this 25,000 acres is a big deal. Because if we can, if we can take care of this 25,000, the South Fork, what they call the non-impairment test, completely goes away. We're no longer held accountable for anything that's happening on the South Fork. Don't achieve the 25,000 by 2029. It's actually two tier. We got to get 10,000 by 2024. The balance by 2029. Our concern is from the amazing. $130 credit is not helping us in that regard. Um, so, to Kevin's point in his report, we're hoping, basin wide, if we can show the other two states that this basin is sincere about and implemented by 2029, if we don't reach that goal, our conservation plans will be enough to make up the difference and we're done on the south even though we don't hit the 25. Nobody knows how that discussion is going to actually go between the three states about the south Okay, We're assuming and hoping that that would be the case. There's no guarantees. Any more than what might happen out of Denver someday. So that's, that's but, but there's language that leads us to believe that it'll have an impact. Yes. And that is in that is in there. Yeah. But the original agreement was the pipeline was supposed to take care of the rickery in the south That's the reason we're paying at fourteen million. That was the original agreement. The original agreement was that the pipeline had that's not quite quite right, John, because basically there's four tests. The pipeline was never meant to take care of the South Fork, the Ridgeway, or the North Fork. It was a statewide test. And we could put water into that pipeline, into the North Fork, and satisfy that statewide test so we could keep pumping. Okay? But the North Fork had a test, the Ridgeway has a test, so does the South Fork. The only one that we don't meet the standard is on the South Fork. So that, I'm pretty sure that that's pretty factual, Mr. Correo. Mm -hmm. so where did this $14 that we're paying, where's it going? These retirement programs that we talked about, good chunk of it goes to there. Um, other, chunk, uh, other, other amounts, it's basically used for conservation and to buy water rights. One, uh, whether they're surface water rights that we purchased, <coughs> whether they're additional groundwater to put into the pipeline, um, those all come at a pretty good cost. <coughs> and they're paid for. Yeah, and, and, they're, and the $14.50 goes to, we still got a debt against the pipeline. The pipeline took care of the North Fork and everybody up north, didn't it? it, it no, no. The pipeline only took care of the basin-wide test. The North Fork, on its own meets the standard. It, there's enough flow there, the North Fork's good to go. Even with a little um, flow on the Rickery, it's good to go. It's just the South Fork. It's, it's a misconception that the pipeline saves only the people on the North Fork. That pipeline, we're all paying the 1450, we're all benefiting from that, from that pipeline where we put the water into the North Fork. 
and it's not because it's going into the North Fork. It's only going into the North Fork because that was the only location we could put in a system like we did where we had adequate water supply. And by that I mean 250 feet of saturated thickness. It was far enough away from the stream of Wellfield that it didn't impact the stream, so Kansas couldn't come back and ding us according to the model. We could get 100% credit because we were dumping the water in, we dumped the water in one half mile away from the gauging station. It goes in and immediately is recorded. And we get a one for one credit. Um, Maybe one thing to add, the, the South, Fork, South Fork focus zone, this isn't just our issue, this is a basin issue. Because if we don't, if we don't meet it and, and things are done to wells, it'll be basin wide. It won't, it won't be to us, just specifically to us. So, so it's, a, it's a big deal for the basin. Um, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're seeing that it's being talked about a lot lately and, and uh, you know, part of, part of the struggle with the Republican River Park Conservation District is where you put your, where do you put your resources and, and uh, you know, we've tried to, to make it to where that from the South Fork that we have an opportunity to maybe get water through there. In fact, we have a rain event or, or things change for us a little bit and, and so we're, we're working on that but, but not just on that and, and this is also why our district as a basin needs to also participate in this conservation project. Now we're, we're different than, than some of those other districts, there's no question about that, I mean just um, SARS may look different but but there's a there's a real push that basin wide uh, there needs to be conservation and so it's uh, it's something that's being talked about and, and we we just believe that the truth is we need we may need to leave that and and one reason is for compliance but but that's not the only reason for and I think that that's the part we got to come to terms with. Is the truth is we don't have as much water, and and uh, we want to pump or dry. We're we're heading in that direction, and I'm not saying that we're even with what we're proposing is going to you know it's going to down here. But we got to do we got to start doing something, and then maybe we'll get something. You know, maybe we'll figure it out. Okay, this works. Um, maybe next time we can we can increase those percentages or, or decrease whatever to help us uh, conserve a little bit more. And, uh, Does anybody know how many acres of irrigated is in this focus zone? Huh? It's a hundred thousand acres. Right, hundred thousand. More or less. That's good. Twenty-five percent of it. Huh? All right, 25%. That's a good number. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I've heard that number before, and yeah. well, we don't know for sure. Uh, but right around there. Yeah. Okay. One other thing I would add on the South Fork issue is, you know, there, there's a push. How many people have been on 385? 
bridge on the south. And you can see all the water on the west side. Well, there's a push to try to get the water through the reservoir. But the trouble is, we can only control what we've got, what we own, what, what river bottom we have in Colorado. But from body from 385 to the gauging station in Bankelman, you know how many miles that is? We control, the state of Colorado controls less than <clears throat> Yeah. And so last weekend I went through Bonnie, took pictures of the inlet on the upstream of the dam. How much water is actually going through there? You'd be surprised how much water is actually going into that inlet structure. And it's visible. You can see water glistening out there on all the three adipites that are growing. On the discharge side into the spillway, it's this pitted little stream. I think this group here could probably put more in there than this what's actually going through. I drove to from there I went up to 36, went to St. Francis. I wanted to see what the South Fork was doing in St. Francis. I was there the week before. Don't ask me why I do that. You don't want to know. But anyway, um, from one week, I was surprised. I was amazed how the water, because of the weather events we've had recently, how it had increased in seven days' time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go over to the Bird City, whatever it is, and straight north to Bankelman, because that's where everything comes together. The rickery drops into the North Fork. And at Bankelman, there's the North Bridge, is the South Fork in the Arikari, and the South Bridge is the South Fork. I think I said that. The gauging station on the South Fork, even though there was probably uh, two or three CFS going through the bridge at St. Francis, you're right, Creek Bit. Nothing there. And you should have seen the flow on the North Fork. It's crazy. Crazy big. But it just illustrates that the South Fork issue, if we could capture the 25,000, mm -hmm. it, it, it's huge. Especially when you think there's a 40 mile stretch from Bonnie to Bankelman, where the gauging station is, and we don't control it. Why not move the gauging station? Well, you know, that's See, the, you, you don't know how many times that, that, that subject has come up. Look in and tell Kansas this is what it reads. Come and read it. I, I get it. I get it. I understand that. But that's not how the to, to change that, there you go. we have to change the compact in one state. In order to change the compact, all three states have to agree. Our attorney explains it in, in farmer terms. Nobody is going to agree to open it if they run the risk of losing something. <laughs> Nobody can do that. Well, that's why, why we don't change it. <coughs> it is what it is. There are some benefits to Colorado having a filling station, but it's extremely, it's, it's all bottle related. Yep. I don't want to even go into it. Um, the gauging station at Bankelman, to show how it benefits in August, up in the below the gauging station on the North Fork, there was a major storm event. I mean, I don't know how much rain fell up there, John. Fair amount. Yeah. It was enough that it overran the gauging station at Bankelman on the North Fork. We got credit for that? We got credit for it, and very little of it fell in Colorado. So there, there's, there's gives and takes. 
and some of the some of the things that we don't like we can't change. Guys, the, the idea of conservation, as I stated, is nothing new. In, in 2004, when RWCD was first formed, that was the number one priority. It was conserved. We thought we could conserve our way into compliance. And we got, that's, that's what brought on the original PREP program. It wasn't but just a few years into that, that uh, the engineers are telling us that that will never happen. You'll never be able to conserve your way into, con into compliance. So, the only other alternative was to build a pipeline and buy time. And that's all the pipeline does. It allows you and I to keep irrigating as we always have and buys us time. But we're running out of time. We're running out of aquifer. It's depleting at that fast rate, and and that's just the, the plain truth. I don't like it. None of us like it. We're there, and so we have to revisit the the whole subject of conservation, and it's happening all over the basin. I mean, it's not just in the Plains District, but we, we have our own destiny to deal with here. It's not going to be dependent upon what happens in the Sand Hills or Central Yuma or, or WY. We have to do what we have to do in our district to slow that decline. If the North Fork is in compliance and the Rickery is in compliance, but the South Fork isn't, the way I understood it from you guys is that, or, or Kevin, that it's going to affect the whole basin. It's not going to affect just the South Fork. You're, we're, they're going to shut walls off of the whole basin and not just South Fork. Is that right? If, if something had to be done by the state engineer, let's say we don't do any conservation, okay? 129 comes around. Whatever they do to one well, they have to do long wells. They can't single out that one well. So if they're going to restrict a well somewhere, everybody's going to be restricted the same way. Does that answer your question? Yeah. You know, it's this, this conservation deal has changed. And the change happens overnight, right? We all agree. We have a public hearing for the final time to uh, get your approval on a document. It's probably going to be about eight thick. And we, right now we've got this much. We've got a long way to go. Um, that's going to be an immediate change to the way we do business. But there are there's enough of us in this room that remember the way it was way back when, when Barry was raising a lot of shutter beets for this family. A lot more corn being raised. There wasn't so much the rotation of crops. There's a reason we have rotation of crops today, right? We eat often as much as we used to. So there's been a change going on, but it's acceptable because I'm not out of water. Nobody really cares about the neighborhood just without water because I still got water. 
Nobody really cares until it's their turn. This is just an effort to figure out a way to give us bias some more time. And I think by our admission, this is just a such a crude start. I mean, it's Mark and Stephen, uh, we owe them a lot of kudos because they put all this together. We, we've, we've had a lot of input, but they're the ones that actually have put all this together. I couldn't do this. <laughs> Stephen did that. Mark has a lot of thought process that he's put into it. And these guys, need, these younger guys need to be applauded for their willingness to, it's their future too. And for them to be as aggressive, and I really applaud this board's effort in this regard because one of the things that kind of drives it is we, we don't want to leave any stone unturned, so to speak, and we, we want to be fair. Everybody's got everybody's got kind of feel the hurt a little bit uh, if they choose not to. There's these voluntary programs to retire. Um, you know, I, I, I drive my Bonnie Deer all the time. And, and what's going on in Bonnie Reservoir, and there's hundreds of thousands of trees that are up there, 60 feet tall. That, that river drives up in, in the June. There's no water comes through there. But nobody's doing anything about all those trees. And, and you know as well as I do, they're drinking thousands and thousands of gallons of water a day. But Colorado Parks and Wildlife don't do anything. Railroad Reclamation don't do anything. So how do we get, when do they start their conservation? John, we're working with, I apologize because I, 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 I'm one of the idiots that have been on this RWCD board longer than most. But anyway, there is an effort by the RWC to do something about the South Fork, at least getting the water to the outlet structure body. But I'm telling you folks, it is going to be costly. And if they've looked at an engineering design where they actually, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but instead of digging the channel out all the way through all that, there's going to be a piece of it that perhaps would have a pipeline. So we'd still have to get the water from the bridge to this pipeline to take it to the outfall structure. There's an issue with the outfall structure. And the amount of money that can be spent on this project is crazy. Unless we can get grant money to help. I, I don't know, but I see what's, what's going on on the south road beyond the state of Colorado's boundary. I have to ask myself, is it worthwhile to try to get the water from the 85 to the day? Or is it just a good field company? I'm okay with doing it, but it's I'm going to bang when we get the buck. Because we can get the water to the day, but we've got 30 more miles, 40 more miles to get to the agency. I didn't think it's great when you talked about it. They frown on that chemical thing down in there. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, we don't chip in. We don't chip in. We'll shut that recorder off right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make any further statements on that. <laughs>
heart rate. But you really think that 25,000, if you were to shut down 25,000 acres, that would hit Kansas? It would stop. In 2030, we wouldn't be addressing it again. Here's the caveat that very few of the public understand. We agreed to retire 25,000 on the South Fork. Okay? That's a given. What most people don't understand is there's a lot at risk for the state of Kansas in this agreement. Well, that is, we're going to shoot for this. Okay? If we don't make it, Kansas is very going to be very reluctant to come after Colorado too aggressively. And the reason I say that is they've got 50,000 acre feet for the Bostwick, Kansas, Steve, is that correct? 50,000 acre feet out of Harlan County Reservoir. If they, if, if they want to do something to us on the South Fork because we haven't met this 25,000, guess how we're going to vote on that 50,000 acre feet? We're going to say, you're done. So there's a piece of this equation. What do you mean? I didn't get I that. I didn't understand that either. Yeah. What's yeah, the 50,000 in Harlan? What, how do we control that? There's, a, there's an agreement between the three states. We agreed to retire 25,000 acres on the South Fork. We also agreed to give Kansas, and Nebraska agreed to it as well, they needed 50,000 acre feet guaranteed on their Bostwick irrigation ditch in the state of Kansas. That's fed by the North Fork. It's fed by the Republican. Right. Because it's coming out of Harlan County. Everything it's is further east. It's yeah. further east. Yeah. It's in Alma, Nebraska, where this water gets taken out. And that is a big deal for the state of Kansas. And I don't think they're going to want to turn loose of that nugget just to play hardball with us on the South Fork, but we don't know that. But, I mean, Johnny, I talked to Don Brown a couple of years ago, and he was in on this whole deal. He was the commissioner of ag. Right. <clears throat> and I was asking him, and, and and maybe everything's changed since then, but he just said there's some negotiating on this 25000 That's not was, hard. Don was real... The part that he was referring to was the fact that because we were delayed in attempting to get started on this retirement program, Don was instrumental in going to the other two states and saying, hey, we don't have crimp, equip isn't a big enough tool in our toolbox, we need more time. We've lost two years. He got that negotiated so that, because our 10,000 acre deadline our first 10,000 was supposed to be 2022. Now it's 2024. The, 20, the total 15, or the 25,000, was supposed to be due in 2027. It's now 2021. That's the negotiation with Don Brown was talking about. Does that make sense? No, but. Well, I don't know. He's talking about a girlfriend, so I don't know what that's. Figure out maybe she's left, so I don't know. Maybe that whole deal's passes by. He had a lot of inroads, in, especially Kansas. He was very good friends with the Commissioner of Ag over there. Right. And yeah. And the Commissioner of Ag, along with him, were influential with the State Engineer's Office. And they got this negotiation done. Good point. And he might have been talking about the conservation piece 
yeah. that, that it speaks of. And, and I think I think maybe, I mean, I don't know your specific deal, but the conversation I had. He wasn't speaking in specifics. He just said, I think we'll work it out. Well, the, the trouble is today, I think Don understood our equation very well. Would you agree? Yeah. I'm not so sure we've got that understanding with our current commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think so. And I mean, I say that very respectfully, but I'm not so sure she gets it. Yeah. Where was she when the governor decided to have a digging day at the expense of the beef industry in Colorado? Wasn't there somebody? That well, she'd understand us a lot more if we're in the farmer markets and mm -hmm. organic and stuff. Maybe it's us. <laughs> What's the process for passing this then? Do irrigators vote on it or the whole county? Everybody? This is the very beginning. So, yeah, we. Uh, the, way, the way I understand it, we would have multiple stakeholder meetings like this. You, you tell us what what's wrong with this plan, what kind of changes you would make, whatever. We'd have, continue to have some stakeholder meetings over the next year, maybe even further. Then, once we've got something set in place, the, the district board would have to have a rulemaking hearing. Based on that rulemaking hearing, then it would be published so that the general public can read it <coughs> and if file any objections to it, whatever. And uh, once that time period was up, then it would go into effect for the following year, whenever that would be. So we're, we're probably looking at probably 23 at the earliest. There's been talks with Kansas, so so they, you know, in lieu of the twenty-five thousand, if we do this, it's going to help. We, we don't know that. But we don't know that. That's, so you come out, yeah. But that's why we're proposing this because we believe that it won't be that. And it's so would that become? It would. It wouldn't be. You wouldn't put it into place until you know what Kansas is going to do. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, not necessarily for, for, for a couple reasons. Number one, it's about, is this about helping with the compact? Yes. Is it all about helping with the compact? No. And the one thing that it does in the language, as we say, well, we don't know exactly what it'll do. The language is clear as far as conservation, as far as it talking specifically about if you don't meet um, that con that conservation will will be used as part of the equation, and and so do we know exactly how that falls out? Maybe not. Although it it, it is clear that it's a part of it. They can't say no, it, it's nothing because it is in there. But is that all that this is about? I'm going to say no. We, we we need we need to prolong our aquifer and for, for at least heading in that mode. And at least this way we get it decided finally. Okay, this is all about taking the remaining water we've got access to. 
This is not about what the other districts are doing. Our impact, the, our, our impact on the compact stops at the south because that's where all of our impacts hit. The fact that we don't have flow on the, on the south work, Lane's district is responsible for a good portion of that non-flow. Right? I mean, there's wells on the north side that impact the south but all of our is reaching that south. So this is this is about for me this is about not the compact like Kevin said, but figuring out what we want to do with the water we have left for our own. I don't want you to shut down. So in other words, Maybe. now what you need to do is to eliminate ground. You want to check well down and dry up the ground. That's now, we have already put in several circles and, and abandoned the well. Now we was up against land payment limitations, so we figured we have another 500 acres we were planning on putting in. As soon as we got past that limitation, payment limitation, and I got some ground that's uh, expired. So I can go into it. But then they went and dropped this payment on it. And I don't know if I want to take it. I think I want to be able to just write it out. I don't know how many other That's people got the same idea. Time-wise, everybody went in 15 years ago and put a bunch of ground in. Well, we all ended up against this limitation. Well, we're one year off then. And if then they went and going to change the rules on it. So, uh, why haven't Secretary talked about that 500 acres? Well, I mean, there, there's certainly uh, risks involved. Uh, everybody's got to look at their own situation and see, see what it works for. It's voluntary. Um, it's just, my concern, my big concern is that all this goes away. And, and what I'm saying is these, volu these volunteer, financially compensated, Programs the federal government they can go away tomorrow. We have control over it, and I'm not sure, frankly, whether the RWCD wants to continue forever funding retirement programs. Really? So there's twenty-five thousand. You said since I get twenty-five thousand, all my problems are solved. I'm just telling you what I'm just telling you. I mean, that's your problem. I mean, you got twenty-five thousand. I get that part. I get this twenty-five thousand. It's clear sailing. I get that part. I understand what you're saying. All the rest, you got the pipeline going and stuff. But you may, you might have to bring some of that water down here. And and let's let's call this the way it is, okay? The fourteen fifty we've been paying in, and and pretty soon we're going to have that pipeline paid off, aren't we? What, five years, six what, years? Six years left. It's like, ah, dang it, I should have Whatever, that. let's just call yeah. it six years. 2030. 2030-ish, somewhere there. Okay, that's one thing, that's right. Whatever. We're going to be quit. We're going to have that damn pipeline paid for those guys up north that still got water that's 300 <laughs> feet deep, and we're going to be gone. So maybe some of that money needs to come down here. I agree. What? So 
And I'm just throwing that out. It's twenty-five thousand. It gets everything squared away. I'm just saying. Sometimes you got a big problem. You got to throw a little money out. It's a good point. Okay? It's not something we ignore by the RDCB here. Long term, are we going to have we're going to have retirements forever? I don't think so. But there is an issue that is being trying trying to be addressed. That do are we putting enough emphasis in financial resources on the South Board? That's the debate we're having internally. And part of that was at the January-February meeting yeah. we had in this very room. That that subject came up. And there is a push among some of the northern districts to do well for one of them. I think they're a little short-sighted. Well, no, this is the full statement here. Short-sighted only by the means that they're, they're willing to throw money at the South Fork to make it go away in lieu of doing any conservation in their district. And I think that's short-sighted. I don't care what they do. Now, I mean, up there, I still think this district needs a conservation plan because look at the numbers. Well, I, I, I can't argue that point. I mean, it just makes us look better. I mean, for what I hear for the environment, whether we like it or not. Yep. Okay, got to make us look better. Okay, we're putting a lipstick on a pig or whatever you want to call it. Okay. But, but I am sure glad to hear that those guys, if we don't get this 25,000 acres resolved, they're in the same boat as us, right? Is that in stone or is that kind of, well, we'll be in it and then when we get there, they won't be. They are. They are. Well, that's good. The, 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 the rules that the state engineer just recently put in place basically say that we're all in this together. Whether they want to admit it or not, we're all in this together. What I do to one, I'm going to do to all. That sounds, I I'm like going to carve out the Plains District. Yeah. Or I'm not going to go after folks in the South Fork focus though. They won't do it. They don't think. They just throw out the blanket. So. If, if we had, if we had uh, bigger wells in the south portion of the basin, near the south and, and we were to build a pipeline like the north, take care of the South Fork issue, guys, we're already our wells, a lot of them further west, and it's creeping to the east, are getting to the point where they're not economically feasible to, to run. It, it's hard. you got to put two or three of them together. So in a matter of 10 years, what we invest in a pipeline on the South Fork could be for nothing. Have you, guys, have have the water you, have you guys ever analyzed this 100,000 acres? I mean, go around and say, okay, you got to have the data. What does each well produce? Okay, and and analyze what you're working with, and 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 how much these twenty, the bottom twenty-five thousand. If you got a well, I got landlord hundred and sixty. That I'm trying to put that in crap, but now it's hundred and thirty. I'm like him. I mean, it's like what the hell? But have you guys ever analyzed? How big a problem you got? I mean, how many of these little short wells, 100 gallon, 170, do you acres do you have? That wouldn't take that 
much to analyze. How big a problem do we have? Barry, I don't, I, I can't say that, I can't give you an answer to that, because I'm not the engineer that does that. I got a feeling it wouldn't take long to figure that out, though. Uh, but my knowledge well, have somebody you know, drive around and look at those meters. Can't they do that in the summer? Well, the, yeah, well, basically, you can do it pretty easy by just looking at the meter readings. The meter readings can tell you that. I mean, How many acre feet would we have to pump to make our requirement out of the South Fork if we had a pipeline? I can't, I can't answer that. Was, I mean, it, 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 the bottle does. Yeah. The we'll put the pipeline through the bingo one. We pump. I think that would be worth worth the time. Because you drive around and you and you see this well. How many wells are pumping to less than 200 gallons per minute? How many acres is that affecting? You're probably going to get those acres if you have some kind of good incentive. Now, if you got a 400 gallon per minute well, you probably it's going to be hard to get that. So then you have a handle on how big a problem do we really have? The district right now is sending out a letter to everybody that's got a permit in that South Fork Zone, explaining the options. You know, because again. You can't put a gun to their head and say, okay, you've got a 150-gallon well, you, you need to retire. You can't do that. We don't have that ability. I wouldn't want that ability. But the point is, is we're, we're trying through a PR program to say, look, do you have any interest? Because I got a feeling there's those kind of wells like you're referring to, they could very well be wells that are owned by people that, you know what, honey, I, I'm done. I want to retire. This is an annuity for our, for our kids. We're going to retire this well, or these wells, or whatever the case. Let me tell you, anybody that's got 160 gallons per minute or less is going to retire. If it was 180 bucks, that's what I would do. Barry, that's why that's why this whole discussion with NAS and this whole survey thing so is so important. Because when we when we saw when this happened again as a result of the 2018 farm bill, and what's bad is. is because of the 2018 farm bill, this data is going to be looked at annually to determine the rental rate for upcoming contracts. Well, I still think it'd be nice to know how 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 obtainable is this 25,000 acres. And if you know what the bottom wells are pumping, how many acres you have like that, then you'll know how obtainable that is. How easy. We, 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 we think we kind of have a handle on that. Do you? From the standpoint that, what was it, a couple of years ago, Steve, we, our, our EQIP program was a pretty big success. We, we spent all of our money and we had to go to the full board to get even more. When they reached their criteria of a certain amount, then people started saying yes. Yeah. As far as and that's, what, that's, what, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. When we hit 1800 bucks an irrigated acre, over the life of the five-year contract, and you get a farm in. That was the sweet spot. But that is, well, I don't. If we want to get twenty-five thousand, I guarantee we can get twenty-five thousand. You offer enough money, we'll get it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Is that pumping Here, requirement on equip? Nope. Six inches on prep, but not on equip. Right. But keep in mind, guys, 
Our goal with NRCS is try to get, if you looked at that sheet that I handed out, we're paying the lion's share. We're paying two-thirds of the bill on those retirement acres. The district is reluctant to spend $1,600, or $1,200, I'm sorry, through an equip retirement. Look at the amount of money we spend on a 15-year contract through credit. Really small. So with our NRCS, we're trying to get that role reversed where we pay 600, they pay 1200, or whatever the number has to be. But that's a process, and we're not there yet. We're close. We are very close. Can you get rid of the 600 requirement on credit? It's not our baby to get rid of. Beds. We're not going to pay for nothing. Well, you're, getting, you're trying to get acres, though. And if you've got 160 gallon well, you've still been there getting 120 acres. The acres counts. It's just a six inch requirement. Kills. That six inch requirement is still there. Can't help it. In the beginning, the very beginning with CREP, uh, in 2005, six, that's when that came into being. Um, FSA wanted nothing to do with rent. Something's changed over time, and now they, they're all about the water. That's why this six-inch requirement is in there. It wasn't our deal, it was theirs. Can I ask again how this doesn't penalize for the folks that have been conserving water voluntarily over the last five years or decade or more, maybe? Can I, I don't know to address it briefly, but how does this not penalize the people who've been voluntarily conserving water? Well, we're not going off your history. I'm, it doesn't uh, reward you. I agree with that. I'm not sure how you come up with that program. If you have an idea, I'd sure like to hear it. But uh, I'm just curious because, you know, the example here is that the well pump 22 inches, if you didn't get penalized, you know, you couldn't get penalized more than 20%, but... If you'd voluntarily say the last five years had a well that was capable of 22 inches or more maybe, but you voluntarily only pumped 12 to 15 because you needed it, but your neighbor pumped 22 to 24, they're going to get 17.6 and you might get 14 if you're in a 14 zone. I agree with that. So is that something you'd like to see out of the plan, the 20% protection? I wouldn't say that I'd like to see that out of the plan, but I'd like to see a way that someone could maybe apply for a variance if they have if they can prove they've been conserving water. I just yeah I know a lot of people have been doing it. I does this and I think, I, I hope I'm not speaking well, in this term. This says draft on it, okay? So we're not sure where this thing is going to go. But 
when you look at the amount of water savings that Stephen put together, one of the questions I've got in this group is, is that enough? Are we saving enough water? Does it need to be more restrictive? Less restrictive? What? Is that a fair question? I'll tell you what, you, this is what you need to do. Make it the least restrictive you can to make everybody happy. <laughs> well, that ought to be I, I'm job. serious. I, I'm serious. That's a secret. Huh? Isn't that what it is right now? I like what you did. I can live with this right here. Good. Okay? I'm just telling you. I'll go look. I'll go home and look, but right now, just off the top of my head, looks okay to me. That makes people down the road happy, and we hit the nail on the head. Okay, Barry, let me ask this. This is futuristic thinking. Five years from now, when we look at the numbers, based on what we did in the first five-year period, if it's got to be more restrictive to achieve, I forget what percentage of saturated thickness decline we said at. What is the number? What percentage? For our top allocation or what? Well, just over, over the five-year period, for the second five-year period, what, what, what is the acceptable amount before there's further restrictions? We're talking about the goal. We, we it's kind of zero to two and a half percent. That's where Lima is. Zero to two and a half percent. So they're a lot more strict. So the goalposts are they going to be kept moving? Hopefully, we'll be able to determine that, right? <clears throat> The longer we drag our feet before we get it implemented, is that moving the goalposts? Well, I came to a meeting, and Deb Daniels, one of them, told me in 2012, on the other side of this building, 2012, we had a meeting just like this, about the same amount of people, and uh, and 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 what I got from all the farmers there, this is what they all said. I, it was amazing. Well, we're going to cut back. We're going to cut back. Uh, 15% or 20%. And that's going to make our water last twice as long. It doesn't, the numbers don't work like that, you know. I mean, I mean, if you cut back 10%, the aquifer is going to last 10 more years. So let's say that we got, we got 25. It depends on your size of your well, but if you got a 400 gallon per minute well, you're going to pump it 25 years at least. So if you go 10%, that's only two and a half years. Is it worth all that, all that brain damage? But, but that was nine years ago, it wasn't. But today, it's a whole different story. We got, we got to make things look right. So we got to do it. But nine years ago, I said, we got to we just, just pump it. Don't pump too much. Take care of it. Use it wisely. But we need to. And look, in nine years, Things have got a little worse, but they're not like like dire. And with the people we got around us right now, we might not be farming in five years. <laughs> yeah. We won't have any travel according to it. Nope. <laughs> You're gonna have buffalo you'll have to take care of. <laughs> so wait. Put some Indian garb on. Yeah. yeah. You've got to let them get a second. Yeah, you guys, we have a lot of feedback for him. We really would appreciate that. If there's something you want to say that you can tell us. Uh, 
Does this uh, camp, does it affect like uh, small and large capacity commercial wells for like feedlots and uh, hog operations? Not at this time. Not at this time. Guys, uh, it, the question was, how do we measure where where you collectively are as a group? We really need you to answer the question was on that handout. And and give us your your real feedback. Feedback. So do we have to do that today, or do you have an email address? Can we fill it out? Yeah. Email it to you? Yes. And any thoughts you have at any point? We're, we're trying to get you guys in, but not trying to force this on you guys. So we answered these questions at that meeting, what, 12 years ago, we talked about this, some of the same questions. Well, that's what I said. No, no we're still here. Yeah. Same group. Yeah. Yeah. Same group. Yeah. But I, I, I think we need to walk away with a little different solution this time. We got time less we water and we don't look as we, good. That's right. <laughs> don't move, there's fast. Nothing's working.